Hey everybody, welcome back. It's goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. Hey folks, welcome back. It's a goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. Folks, we have friend of the podcast, Rome Julian in the house. It's been a little while. It's been a minute. That's it's right. Sorry, right. right. I'm back. It's cool. It's glad to hang out with y'all, man. Thank you for coming on, man. Yeah, Rome, when, you, when you're talking about Rome Enterprise, how do you describe yourself to people? Uh, the Enterprise is um, uh, a multitude of things, so there's a lot going on. So I got a day job and I have a, a dream, put it that way, um, <laughs> to put it in simple terms. But um, yeah, so there's a lot going on and there's multi facets of different things that come along with that dream. So so is it a dream and a bunch of side hustles? or is you It's always a man? side hustle, man. Right. If you don't have a side hustle, then you... Can't live here? Yeah. <laughs> can't. I mean, you can't live anywhere. But, seriously. But primarily, you're, you, you do farming, right? And it's well, all... Well, primarily, all, I do... I mean, um, I, mean, I mean, as your side hustle thing. Uh, yeah. That were the dream. Yeah, the, yeah, dream yeah. the dream is your side hustle, the micro farming. Is that accurate to say? I would say that, and also shooting movies. It's like still doing what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm still doing what I want. I'm kind of living my dream, you know, you say. But it, yeah, you're right. Uh, that's all in what you make of it. So if you're not doing what you want to do every day, then I, I mean, I suggest that you try it. <laughs> you might like it, you know what I mean? It might, it might be something cool for yourself, like, you know. So, and I like seeing people that do that, like that just, yeah. you know, they do, they live their dream every day. And that's, uh, that's, that's something I'm just getting into. And I'm I'm riding a fine line of, of still working full time and putting a lot of hours in when I'm not working full time on building that enterprise up of the farm dream, which is to be really self-sustainable and be able to live in abundance at all times. And that's that's kind of my my aim. I want I want a I want a bunch of food in the freezer at all times. Yeah, you're right. Like just add mm-hmm. so there's no thought of what we eat. That's mm-hmm. that's the last thing I want to think about. That's so always that's, the the subject. That's where you set your bar. So for yeah. for for <laughs> listeners who 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 maybe weren't hip to our podcast when you came on over a year ago, right, right. about a year ago. Um, wow, was that long? I think so. I think it was. Wow, in, really? in I'm sorry, summer, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm busy. Um, it's been it's been a, it's been a minute, like you said. Um, but you're doing urban farming. Mm-hmm. You're doing microgreens primarily. Yeah. Or yeah, that's the that's the main drive of uh, the farm income and everything right now is like the microgreens are really popular and people love them. And right. So I grow as many as I can every week. Uh-huh. Every week I have a new crop. So. And you're selling those to uh, restaurants mainly? Or Rest- or, or uh, as a couple of restaurants, there's not that many people because I'm not that big. I don't, I don't yeah. have the time to do, you know, I, don't, I can't supply, you know, um, Emeralds or, you know, any of the best restaurants or any of these other places because I don't have the, the yeah. time. I still have to work 60 hours a week doing a, a full-time job. That's right. Which yeah. is a, a lot of hours every week and still maintain 
And are you doing um, your, your full-time gig that's in the, the film industry, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm a camera assistant. That's what I do. I just, yeah. Yeah. And um, I love it, man. I love being on a new, you know, set every day. And, mm. what, what you been working on? Oh, man, a lot of stuff. Um, I was glad to see a film I worked on, and, and I haven't even attempted to uh, be involved with the New Orleans Film Festival at all in recent years or at all Yeah, <laughs> since I've been doing film, um, but maybe once or twice. But um, anyway, that, um, and shout out to the New Orleans Film Festival, but to see Green Book in that uh, as a premiere or a feature film, I worked on that. I mean, that was my day job. <laughs> for, okay some part of last year up until the holidays or something like that but like shooting in the snow it was it was unbelievable it was the year it snowed like that was last year right it was last winter when it snowed in like a meet and was it that's two winters 27 two winters ago right was that two winters i got cold as fuck this last winter but it didn't i thought it was the last winter that passed and Hmm. i I remember bringing snow home on the front on the hood of my car Mm -hmm. for my kids to play with (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It so, might have been that. I guess it got really cold last. Yeah, last, yeah, I think it was. So, so, so it Green, Green Book. It's a Peter Farrelly movie. Yeah, and yeah, um, I saw a trailer for that. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. It's about um, it's about a, uh, a famous pianist who uh, travels right. to the south. Yeah, you're right. To play all these different shows, but he needs some kind of bodyguard, but got to be low key because he's a black pianist. Because it's like right? 1960s. Yeah, 1960s. Oh, yeah, so. and he's got that kind of Vigo, Vigo uh, Mortensen's got so that. So Vigo, yeah, yeah, Vigo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's that Guma type, like Italian dude or whatever from New yeah. York. Right. right. He's like, he's yeah. Yeah. What are you jobs? talking about? Right, what right. are you talking about? What do you mean? Yeah. Right, right, right. No, I just you eat a piece of chicken like this. You know, it's real fun. Right. Like so, it's yeah, a great. Right. Yeah. That's so right. I was. Right. It was a great experience, and all those guys were super cool. And yeah, um, yeah. So that's what I get to do on a normal basis. Is, is like work with, you know. So sometimes they, it's not as cool as it, it appears to be. But so things didn't slow down for you when Hollywood South um, went to Atlanta. No, um, it didn't, because it was a consistent group of uh, individuals that held key positions that had a group of guys behind them that could always do what needed to be done in the city. So it was never a a shortage of crew. And I just so happened to fall into those guys that could just hold, you know, perform everything y'all need, give y'all everything y'all need. These productions come from California or wherever, New York. And you know these guys are spending a lot of money. They want quality guys to just to do the job. Ask, yeah, you know every day. Yeah, and that's pretty much what you have to do every single day. It's like playing in the NFL. I don't know if I mentioned that before the last time. It's like being in the so. NFL. It's like being or being in the NBA or the. You just gotta be game ready. You, you have to, like these guys are paying you a decent wage. You yeah, gotta yeah. perform. You gotta catch the ball. Right. You gotta, yeah. Yeah. Like uh, I felt so bad for Gonzalez the other night. It's um, me too. Man. Oh man, Zane Gonzalez. Yeah. Dude, that was horrible. You I was know like, what? Man, you, three. You, know, you missed say, three kicks. He, he played. Know? He was playing with a groin injury. It came out later. Uh, really? Which mm. it didn't. It's not preventing them from. Yeah. Well, it's a bad coaching move to have the guy even out there playing. Can I? I can I? So, I felt so bad for that dude. I'm with I felt him, really man. bad for. Can that. I tell like, you? I was wishing. I, I was wishing they wouldn't get in field goal range. Not because 
I, so I was hoping the Saints to win. I didn't want them to get in field goal range because I didn't want that poor kid to miss again. Oh, can he I, miss. Can I tell you what I found out about him too? Like I read about his history. Like he's like one of the greatest NCAA Division One kickers ever. He was playing injured, man. He was. Uh, he kicked for Arizona State. Yeah. And he's he he set the NCAA Division One record for most field goals made in a college career, ever. Yeah. Like it. Like his pedigree. Doesn't it never gets better than the stats that this guy had coming into the NFL? I also love ever. The, I also love the Zane Gonzalez. There aren't many Zanes in the Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah, the people with those two names. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Zane. Um, no, that's tough. Oh, like, it's probably really true. I don't know. But but I but I did think that he looked uh, nervous. You know, he was like chewing his fingernails and stuff. Oh yeah, sideline. he looked bad in yeah. that sense. He was it wasn't like a LeBron James chewing your fingernails either. Because when LeBron's chewing his fingernails, it's because he's so intense. Yeah, this yeah. was a definitely a nervous, anxious chewing. Oh, he had a rough. He had a rough day that day, man. He did. He had a super rough day. I know everybody that knew him from being great at what he did. Just you know, was just perplexed that that happened. It was like, man, three. Like, I was three, like, two, dude, two extra points in a. Two point two, yeah, yeah, and won to tie the game or win it, and it was like uh, well, it was two, it was tough. two extra points and two field goals, so it was eight total points. That he missed. Oh, it was two other field goals. Yeah, and right. and and he missed three of them far left, and the last one he went far. He tried to overcompensate. We were all joking, man. The dude should just get like get down to the embassy suites by the airport and not even get on that team plane. You know what I'm saying? And just like hang out for two days. Yeah, so just catch yeah. the Southwest. No, catch totally. a, get a, a jet blue back get a to Uber back to yeah. Cleveland right. or something. Right. <laughs> but my point was saying that was just to to you know, having that expect expectancy that right. uh, at any moment, like, yeah, well, you didn't perform as as well as, you know we needed you to at this very moment. So Right, trade yeah, yeah. or like trade, yeah. it's, it's the same thing. So I can, I can relate. That's what I was referencing. Sure, totally. From business yeah, to yeah. like being an industry. yeah. When so, you're ma- so, when you're so, when so you're like, making movies and they got a real budget, like yeah, they got a real budget. They, they expect guys, you uh, to be able to step up and do your job at a moment's notice. It's an awesome career, man. I've been doing it about 15 years. So yeah, um, you know, it's been awesome. But but I can say this too that there's there's that when when it comes to the technical stuff. That's totally true, right? Like, like especially the camera department, man. I, the focus puller is. They are getting I, I, I nailed just, right I now. I just gotta say, like right now, like the focus pulling job is. It, it it's almost too much. You know yeah, what I mean? Really tough. It's Every time yeah. you like, it all depends on turning this dial. And just making it land in the right spot. It's almost like you got to be you know, on the every, it's, it's playing a. You got to be really good at that video games. I'm gonna put it like that. Like, yeah, you're yeah, a video yeah, gamer. Yeah. You will love pulling focus because nowadays, like the the depth of field is so shallow that <laughs> I mean, like any, and you may have an actor that's bobbing and weaving. They they're not as trained or as experienced as some actors you work with like they sure. know that in order to be in focus because you want to be in focus because you, you want to be in the movie you, you have to yeah. you have to when you sit down you have to land softly and like and like relax into that space sure. so the 
focus puller can focus on you. If not, right. they gonna if you sit down a while and like flip your hair and all this shit, it's sure. like there's no way I'm gonna keep up with you. And you make him you look bad. That's like, there's no it's, it's not physically possible. So yeah. But once you get with trained actors and like you you know, that's the beauty of it and like watching the choreography and once you get um as a focus puller, I'm not a focus puller, but um I just know I you know, I can understand what's going on is that once you can understand how an actor moves and you can almost uh, anticipate every single move that they make. So sure. it ends up in focus somehow because you can judge it because you know how they're going to sit down or you know how they're going to stand up. They have, you know how yeah, they're going to walk forward right. or take off or well, turn it's like, around. Right. It's, like, it's like blocking, right? That's the reason you rehearse. It's for blocking. Yeah, but nowadays, like with the, the, the amount of footage you can shoot, they don't it's, rehearse. They don't rehearse anymore. Uh, so the yeah. first take is all. It was always the rehearsal. And I got it, it it bones the first AC a lot in operators and you know sometimes so the DP yeah. if it. But if we crunched on time and we gotta we gotta we gotta move, we're gonna shoot. We're gonna shoot the rehearsal. And I wonder if um, I usually write take zero on the slate. <laughs> take <laughs> right. Take no, nah, I never done take, that. But take I'm negative two. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if like. People who are on the autism spectrum might be good focus pullers. You know, that might be. A it's good. definitely like if you if you like I'm saying if you if you play video games and you love like a real fast adjustments and like you can handle adjustments real really fast yeah. and like and timing and just judgment of distance. You you are a well paid guesser. As a first AC, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. right. You are really well paid to pretty much figure it out as you go. Sure, you know, it's, you're improv. It's fucking yeah, it's it's a cool. It's like even those job, analog, yeah. jo- those old analog games, like the the ball with all the whole the, oh, like yeah. the maze that game with the little ball, little metallic ball. It's just like that. If, oh, you, yeah, if yeah. you play yeah. that kind of shit, then pulling yeah. focus may be for you. But that's not that's not that's really not the whole job it's right. like it's uh, I always a lot felt, of other things that go along with it. like like military snipers would be good you know yeah. <laughs> that kind of, you know what i mean like like just you have to build the gun you know and it's like right. it's all about gear oh, yeah. and uh and then you got to be good with your eye you know and judging distance you know, and stuff and all it's and peripheral right yeah exactly peripheral like, has to be right but but then also uh it's funny in in non-technical positions in films, you have this weird like hair thing. Hair and makeup? No, hair Costume and makeup. Design? Hair and makeup is incredibly technical sometimes, yeah, man. Yeah. Like, it's got to be totally done. I think you can speak to that, too. You know, well, like, it's continuity. It's continuity. It's mainly oh, they're trying to match Absolutely. what we shot three days ago. Yeah, or right. Totally. Four days ago. Or maybe a week ago. I mean, the, the maybe four or, months Or ago. you're shooting on one set for eight different places in the movie. Yeah. And it's all different. Show, so it's all different. And then you got to go back, and then you got to match exactly. it. And you got to make sure that all the hairs were in yeah. the same spot. Right. Same. Yeah. 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 That's 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 tough. But then you, you get people like this, like associate producers, right? And stuff like that. <laughs> like a lot of times, you don't you don't know what these people. Yeah, do. Like, that's like Turtle from you know, Entourage. You He's know the what I mean? He's an associate producer. Like at the at the money <laughs> level, you wind up with people who just hang are just hanging around. You know what I mean? Because they're rich or something. Yeah. And you don't know why they're really there, but they're, it's like they're an like associate Johnny, producer. Like Johnny Chase. Yeah. They're terrible. Right, right. The thing, yeah, the thing yeah, yeah love, exactly. The right. thing I love is that they're amazed by what we're doing. Like, <laughs> right, for some right. reason, it's like, oh, this is the most amazing thing. And I'm like, 
Yeah. yeah. Or whoever that the guy so, you're talking yeah, about. Because yeah, like they, they're, they're always there. They, they, there's all, you know. It was only one guy I work with that he came in and he, he was the executive producer and he knew exactly what was going on. Yeah. And he took a look around and they had a trailer that had to follow him. Every single lo they had to have that trailer at every single location on this movie, and he only showed up once, and that was Jerry Bruckheimer. But yeah. they had his trailer every the whole day, time. every, every day, yeah. every single day. We were in case he came, in case he helicoptered in, or yeah, like, right, right, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he came in, but he he came in and he was, you know he was super nice to everybody or whatever, and he just looked around. And he saw, all right, you know, everything's happening like we needed to go. So to, he could go back to the studio and say everything looks good. And he, he, yeah. and he was out of there. He, I don't even think he sat in his chair with his name on it, like, at the village. Yeah. Like, nah, I saw what I needed to see, and it was out of there, like, poof. Yeah, yeah, go. <laughs> and I was like, right. all right, well. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. that's the guys, like, you want to, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I, that was my experience with, with Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, well, I think executive producers, I feel you, that executive producers, I assume, that's legit. Like a Jerry Brockheimer, or like the dude who does um, the Star Wars movies or whatever, the, the executive producer, Lucas. that guy. Yeah, Lucas. Yeah, Lucas. Well, now the other dude, the younger cat, that now he actually The Disney guy? One. Yeah, the Disney guy. I oh, I know, he's a bad robot, yeah. Um, yeah but the associate producers, that's where you get your ass clowns. Yeah. The associate producers. <laughs> Yeah, but those are the people too. Like when you're when you're hanging out by craft service that you have a good conversation with. Sure. You know what I mean? Because they don't have anything to do. They have nothing you know? to do. Right. Exactly. But then but also, eat. but eat and, right. and hang around and stuff. Yeah. Craft service is for all of the. You know, I'm not gonna rag on on the fans. There's so many inside <laughs> jokes. Like I like to rag, sure, but I, sure. I can't rag on the business. It's been really good to me. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I'm, sure. I'm thankful that I have the to be able to do this craft. I mean, I found when I worked at the Contemporary Arts Center this most recent tenure, whenever like a film crew or television crew wanted to book our space, I was psyched because I knew there was not going to be any bullshit. I knew they were going to have their shit tight. Yep. They were going to show up when they said they were going to, you're going to get your money and they're going to pay well. Yep. They're going to pay what you think it's worth and they're going to be straight up with you. Yeah. You know, like these people, I was like, look, I rent this space for 10,000 bucks for an event. But I know that's a lot for you just to do craft services. Yeah. Like, what do you, you know? And the dude's yeah. like, well, Mahalia Jackson charges us 4000 I was like, well, let's call it 5 mm -hmm. They're like, fine. You know? And they it's roll, nothing. and I was like, you're handling all the staff and yeah. all security, right? Got it. And you got all your trash taken care of? Yeah. I mean, just everything, man. Yeah. Oh, it's, just it's, do not have to worry about it. Yeah. It's the NFL, yeah. like I'm saying. It's like yeah. the NFL yeah. and all the, these yeah. cats. All the shit, like all the way down to the, like the guys who fucking go out and run out and. Totally. Wrangle cable at a football game. It's totally, like all man. of those guys are under somebody's supervision. It's like, yeah, these guys got it all taken care of. Your friend Jeff, I'm, God, I can't believe I'm spacing his name. Leonard, yeah, who's a scout man. Uh, oh, every, yeah. every professional interaction I've had with that guy is he's, he's a location manager. Location manager. Okay. Yeah. He's he's he had had come by. He's the, the guy that actually goes in and secures the place. That's exactly. That's, that's Look, right. And having a conversation with him about like that money, is a, that was a painting, tough job, man. And changing that's, everything, and he just knew all of his shit. Mm -hmm. And we had a really good conversation. Well, that's the like, second one. That's the second job that I would say on the set. That's like, that's really tough, man. Yeah. Because uh, it's a thankless job too. It's a, a lot totally of, a thankless lot of, job. A lot, of, yeah. a lot of those jobs are thankless. Yeah. The first AC job is very thankless because until you fuck up, can I say that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Until you mess up, that's when you hear something. You know what I mean? It's like 
You right. can do good a hundred times in a row. The one time you buzz a shot is like, what happened? Well, he was a little, you know, he came in a little soft when you when he walked up. I thought, he, you know, what happened? You did? It was like, yeah, well, the motor fucking slipped off. Is this a DP bitch today? Yeah, the director. It, somebody. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's one or the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's most every, likely it's the higher up. That, it's everybody. That liked every. That, yeah, it may have been the director, director? because he may have liked yeah. the performance in that shot. Sure. But we yeah. fucked up the focus. So. Yes. The performance is down the drain. Who That's knows right. if you're going to get that again? That's right. So you feel bad because it's like, man, the one good performance he liked. Yeah. My fucking motor fell off. Yeah. Due to unforeseen circumstances. Like, sure. it's nothing I can fucking do about it. It's right. Like, but um, it happens every single day. And, and, you know, that one thing could, if you do too many of those, you're gone. If you miss three kicks, <laughs> four kicks. <laughs> yeah, you're out. <laughs> in the NFL, dude, I'm telling you, man. It's so, the closest thing I get. It's either that or like, uh, um, what is it? Uh, Alaskan crab fishing. Like having uh, rank on a boat and like dealing with tough weather all the time and like not knowing, you know, getting seasick or, you know. Long hours. Like, long hours is like. Over and over and over and over. That's all you do. It's like I can I can relate it to that too. Yeah. So you have time though to then come home and do your. Uh, you do microgreens, but you, you do other stuff too. Uh, I, I do small veg. Like right now, like during the summer, I do okra and hot peppers, mm. and yeah. I do a hot sauce that I um I can oh. cut out of the uh, out of the peppers that I grow. Yeah. I can so, vouch for this hot sauce by the way. Oh really? Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. It's, it's, no, it's <laughs> terrific. It's really good. He gave me a bottle yeah. and it was like gone in a week. You yeah. Know? Oh you use it already. Oh that's gone, man. Yeah. No, I like long, a, well, long gone. I like a hot sauce. I prefer a hot sauce that you can be liberal with. Is it that kind of like you because it's flavorful, not just super fucking hot? Yeah, oh, it's not about yeah. the hotness, yeah. but it's yeah. some heat in the it. So yeah, it's about the flavor. It's all I don't, about that's why the I don't flavor, like Tabasco. Yeah. I don't know how Tabasco makes money because it takes you forever to get through it. No, I, I, I beg to differ, but you know we don't need to get into. Yeah, that. we don't got to get into. Well, that. we can have a whole hot sauce debate I don't whenever like y'all ready. Tabasco, right. Tabasco's right. way down my list. Yeah, and that's down on my list too. I mean, there's plenty of other hot sauces before. Before. I would take Frank's hot sauce. I wouldn't even use no Tabasco. Way, I don't even no use way. Tabasco. Nah, nah, nah. I think y'all are kind here's of crazy. Here's You're how crazy. I use. Here's how no, I'm will serious, use, man. Here's how I will use Tabasco. I'll put a couple drops in ketchup or mayonnaise for dipping fries. Well, Tabasco really is really really good for me on oysters, raw oysters. Oh yeah. Oh man. A couple with drops. some lemon, a couple yeah, drops yeah, yeah, of Tabasco yeah. to get a little zing. Yeah. yeah. But you still have horseradish and all this other shit that you add on. So it's a real. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. But the flavor, I, I kind of get the Tabasco flavor for the oysters. But that's about that's it. About and it that's rare. Too. And if I have my hot sauce, is no, is and I carry a bottle with me in my bag at all times. <laughs> I know. Like, like I hoard as much as of this hot sauce as I can. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. I need it at all. Like all on everything I eat. <laughs> yeah. I put this what hot sauce. Of, can on. I ask you what kind of peppers? Um. So I usually try to grow the Carolina Reaper, which is the hottest pepper in the world. I think it's still the hottest pepper in yeah. the world right now. Um, it has habanero, yeah. and it can be a mixed variety of orange, peach, damn, uh, chocolate, habanero, like it's different habaneros. And then I, I grow a bunch of assortment of different, uh, like a scorpion pepper, and then um, a garden salsa that's spicy, and then like a poblano. 
So it's all it's a mix yeah. of what it's whatever it's peppers great. I can get at yeah mm-hmm. at that time. Sure, um, which is the spring. Yeah, like right after the spring, right before summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, can people grows, get your hot sauce anywhere? Uh, if you know me, yeah, that's it. Pretty much, yeah. That's it's it. like, yeah. yeah. It's right. like with most of the most of the 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 enterprise products. That's but, <laughs> like you have to. Like and you don't have to, but it's just a method. It's just how it's going right now because I'm still so small. Yeah. Like it's like. Do you have anybody helping you? Um, I have a, a partner um, who we collab with on raising the meat chickens. Um, yeah. Which uh, was an adventure in itself. Like to step out from veg. Yeah. To go to livestock and produce a meat bird that's you know, you can say you raised it. Uh, without any any uh, antibiotics, any e- even when they when you order these chicks, they ask you if you want them vaccinated, and we was like, nope, no vaccinations, no nothing, like yeah, pure straight chicken that's raised on soy free and GMO free okay. feed, yeah, um, primarily and. The other portion of their diet is grass, fresh grass every day. We move them yeah. to a fresh patch of grass. So, okay. Um, oh yeah, man, I saw you, a video of that. Oh yeah, man, yeah, you yeah. can tell you the you difference. Move. Yeah, it's, it's me yeah. moving them. You know, yeah, there's yeah, a couple yeah. of those, but yeah, it's like, and you know, it, it goes back. Um, there's a lot of farmers that I, I, it's not something I developed. It's something that I've been reading and watching and just researching. Yeah. And, that is how you raise uh, a completely healthy, natural chicken, and um, that's in sunlight every day, and it's got fresh air every day, and fresh water, and fresh grass, bugs. Yeah. They eat all of the stuff that's around them. You know, it's just you watch them dig and scratch. They active, and when you taste that bird, man, it's, it it you can taste it. Yeah, you taste the difference. It's like, oh, okay. I've always felt that way about chicken yeah. and eggs. Yeah, eggs. Like, there's nothing same. like a farm, local farm raised egg. I mean, well, it, just ta- yeah. it tastes so completely different than a store-bought egg. Yeah. It's crazy how much. And chicken, too, man. Like, mass-produced chicken doesn't taste like anything to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's because, I, I think it's because they flash-freeze it. Like, oh, after okay. it's done. And, like, what we do after we process our birds, we, we um, ice bathe them. Like for three hours, okay. so they go into an ice bath, like the raw meat into an ice bath. What does that do? It it hardens up the fat. Yeah. It, um, you know, it just it firms up the chicken. It makes it. Uh, I don't know. It just freshens it, but yeah. at a slower rate as than flash freeze. I see. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you flash freeze it, it's just like it's like nuking it, and then sure. all of a sudden it's all frozen, and it may not have. Like yeah. the fat may have not hardened the right I way, gotcha. or, so that you end up with some slimy, uh, yeah, yeah, right, slimy shit on your chicken all the time, and you're like, eh, you know, it's, and I or, guess or it's your chicken right. smells like sulfur or whatever. Sometimes you ever notice that, like, you get a sulfur thing with it, that, uh, with even organic chicken that's been like uh, vacuum sealed. Yeah, you know, I mean, has this egg sulfur smell. Um, that's it's interesting that you mentioned that because. There's a chemical that they use when they're when they're doing that that uh, flash freezing technique, anhydrous ammonia mm-hmm. is what it's called, yeah. and um, it might be that. Yeah. You know, um, 
and that's a crazy chemical because yeah. uh, I did some research on that <laughs> years ago. They wanted to move this chicken processing plant downtown, right, out right by the French Quarter. And uh, oh, nice! That would have been nice. They, been they, awesome. they were going to put that there. And, it, and the, whole, the neighborhoods got up in arms and everything, right. and they tried to stop. Where the Governor Nichols Street Wharf is, they wanted to put this chicken thing. And uh, so this guy got up in arms about uh, that anhydrous ammonia was going to be used as a chemical in the process of processing the chickens. And the anhydrous ammonia is like, if, if, if you're in a desert, and you're next to a tanker truck that has anhydrous ammonia, it's the worst possible thing that could ever happen to you um, if it if that truck had an accident, right? Because would it absorb all of the oxygen in the air? What it does is that it it it's it's attracted to water, um, ravenously attracted to water. So would it? It'll, so it it, it, it attack it, your body. It congeals as a cloud. Right, uh -huh. a green cloud. If you can imagine this, it's right out of the movies. Right, it's a greenish cloud, like a gelatin type. And if it doesn't have water nearby, like like a radio wave or like a, uh, it crawls through space and air toward whatever the nearest water source is, because it can. It's feeling through the bonds in uh, in in the, in in the air. And like if, nuclear warfare, and what so it's, and it'll come to you, because right. if you're the nearest thing with the most the water, water source, yeah. it comes to you. Right? Close your eyes. You better close your eyes. That's the first. And close and when your you, mouth. When you when you <laughs> when you breathe it in, it uh, it essentially burns your lungs. Like your lungs. In, from the inside out. Yeah. <sighs> and it, that's how it kills you. Yeah, it's a horrible death, man. It's like one of the worst deaths that you could. I mean, it's the kind of thing. That you could only dream up. It's it's for a horror movie, yeah. you know. Um, so so it actually was very safe to put it next to the river. You know, you wanna you want the facility to be near by, water. near water because so off. well, if it if it like if your tank explodes or something like it'll immediately go into the water. And the other funny thing about it is is that it's it's a hundred percent inert. Once it bonds with water, it's completely inert and har and harmless. Strange, yeah. dude. And it immediately bonds. So if you're next to the river, what'll happen is it'll cascade down the side of the pier. Who developed that like Dow chemical the, or something? Oh god, I'm sure. Yeah, Must somebody. Have been yeah, yeah, right. But it but it has these properties also that allows for uh, super quick freezing. Right. You know, so it gets it gets instantly super. Yeah. Cold. I'm surprised Walter White didn't do that on Breaking Bad. It like, <laughs> like kill somebody with yeah, anhydrous exactly. ammonia? Exactly. Yeah, right, exactly. He yes. was pretty clever, yeah. though. He, he, yeah. he did a lot of cool shit. Exactly. <laughs> he did do I a lot of cool shit. I thought I was like, man, he, man, I wouldn't have thought of Yeah, that. I learned a lot from that show. No, when he did the, uh, <laughs> remember they did the, what was it, the the stuff that burns really hot, and that's how they burn through and they in order to steal the chemicals that yeah. they had to oh, get. Oh, yeah. You know? Exactly. So yeah, just, he figured it yeah. out. Being right. a chemistry... <laughs> Was he a professor? It's a, a high school teacher. He's a high school, school teacher, but he wasn't. Chemistry teacher. Though. But he, he was, was like he a, was a PhD level. That's right. Chemist, but he gave up. Exactly. He quit. He quit. He yeah, figured yeah, yeah. that shit out. How to steal a train? Like what right. was it? A, like he. he I mean, the, the train stopped. Yeah, they stole, yeah, all, they stole yeah. all that methylene or whatever. Yeah, methylene. Like, methylene, yeah. Well, we need this much to produce this much meth. Well, we need the we need a train's work. 
all right, well, let's stop a train and like, all right. Yeah, right. I'm watching this show. I'm watching this shit. I'm yeah, watching. that was a great show. Said. It was great, man. That was a great and show. And that was when the kid died, man, which was like one of the most yeah. horrific Crazy scenes, ass man. Todd. Yeah. Crazy ass Todd. Yeah, yeah crazy cool. Todd, that, that, who's a great actor, that guy, yeah, man. Yeah. He's he's terrific. So speak, of speaking stuff. of TV, man. <laughs> yeah, what? what? You, you want to segue at all? Be, uh, what are did we y'all talking do about? Any, did y'all Better Call Saul? No. Did y'all do any housekeeping or anything? I don't know if that was. Oh, no, we didn't. Like, I listen to the show. I just want to let y'all know I do listen to the show. Oh, I, know, I know, and I know there's certain yeah, things like it's a certain order, and we we started talking long before we started recording. Yeah, you know. It's I don't all know. Good. I just I didn't I want to throw y'all really, off. Y'all no, have no, any no, housekeeping because because I don't think there really is. September is such a slow kind of month, you know, for stuff happening. A lot of our listeners have told me and pulled me aside. Was like, stop it with the housekeeping. Get there, guys. Oh, oh, really? It's important. Just get to the guests? Oh, really? Well, no, that's important. That's, it's certain things that we act like we don't want to hear as listeners, but we actually want to hear. <laughs> yeah, you we do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I yeah, I do. It's good that I, I do about that. I, I don't agree. give a fuck about that shit. No, yeah. wait. I did want to. Yeah, that. we're going to stick with that. Well, look, man. Yeah. Housekeeping, man. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, has, Jeff has a knack, man, on Facebook. Jeff, you're a great Facebooker. We've talked about this on the podcast. And occasionally you will post something that gets people riled up. Including yeah. some local celebrities and whatnot, yeah. and uh, you had a post. Uh, the funny thing about your post is, after we talked today, I went and looked at it. It was not. It was like a Grateful Dead post. It was almost nothing. It was like two sentences, thirty words. It was like, yeah. It was like boom. It was about this show called The First on Hulu. Yeah, Sean. You, you know about The First? This show. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get the privilege of working on that, but I know a couple of right. people that did. Okay, okay. And so it's it's so. People got so upset that you cast, in their minds, dispersions on the show Treme. Right, right. Because, I mean, you can take it from here, man. Well, but look, I, th- I don't think it's like, look, look, one thing is this, is that I know we all, we all want to say good things about the work that we're doing. But another thing, too, in New Orleans, I find a lot of times, like, how do you get better at, at things that you're doing, right? You don't get better by... A process of continuously congratulating people when they're doing things wrong. You right. know what I mean? Like you have to point out things that aren't going so being done well in order to get better. So you think that and, the same mistakes that were made with Tremaine they made with the first? Well, I what I said was essentially this was that there was a character who was kind of a stereotype in Treme and and I felt like when the show came out that there was a because New Orleans is this city that people project all kinds of thoughts and desires onto in the, in mm-hmm. in the United States, different than other cities, mm-hmm. um, that 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 there New would be this is. fresh round yeah. of like stereotypes that would wind up being in other television shows, you know, because of the stuff that was happening in, in Treme. And I felt like I saw that because now there's this character is the daughter of Sean Penn, and she's a recovering heroin addict. And there was this character in Treme that was like almost exactly the same. And so I made a remark about that. And it just touched off this firestorm, man. And so, like, all these people that I respect and love Donald Harrison, uh, Donald Harrison, came after him. Donald Harrison and (laughs) Ivan Neville, like, jumped on my thread and were were like dogging me (laughs) on the thread. But I didn't back down because I, I, I made a commitment. To myself that that whatever happens that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna back down because I just wanted to make a simple point and 
And I felt like people came on and they were offended for the wrong reasons. Right. Because they were offended by the idea that Treme had provided a lot of really good work for people in New Orleans, especially... They paid, they paid musicians And well. they paid musicians well, and they right. treated musicians with respect and, and the dignity that they deserve. And Donald Harrison made a great point. Shout out to Donald Harrison. I, I don't expect that he listens to uh, this, this podcast, but if he does, then I just want to say, first off, that um, I wasn't trying to say anything offensive about work that Donald Harrison did on that show. Because ever since the day that that show came out, I professed that the best scenes in Treme were the scenes that depicted people uh, in the recording studio and how music is constructed and put together um, by people who are amazing musicians right, like yeah. like Donald Harrison. And, and so he made the remark that in one of my things that I said to him that I had generalized to the point where it could be perceived that I was dissing out the work that he did on the show and how it was portrayed on the show. Right. Was which he the stereotype? He was, he was no, not at all. Not at all. Um, yeah, not at all. You were talking about like I was a, talking about a wavy fifteen-year-old uh, white teenager girl. I was talking about the girl who was John Goodman's daughter um, in in it. That yeah. that character has now like carried over to this show. The first, it's essentially the same character, and uh, and that's how I was saying. And I said it for this reason, and I made it clear as we were kind of arguing because he came at me kind of hard he did. Um, at one point like he, he was asking me if I was a big chief he's like well, I was, he was basically dude I was bro, like, he was like what well, do you know about New Orleans culture are you a big chief what's your game plan what's <laughs> your game plan yeah he did he said you got a plan you got a game plan he came after him and I felt I felt like well you know that's that's a, obviously a rhetorical question because I'm a white guy and then and, 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 uh, and, and but at the same time I was like I was like, I'm not going to back down from this because because I, I want to make it clear to him what I was trying to say, and and I had this neighbor. That character in Treme was based on uh, somebody who I found out later uh, lived next door to me, and 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 she died, you know, and she died as a result of whatever, you know, the her addiction addiction issues or whatever. Yeah. And and you know, and and these shows just kind of gloss this stuff over. And as we were talking about earlier, uh, Joel that it they don't really Treme had a way of making things seem prettier than they than they actually are. Sometimes, so, you know, I, I sometimes loved working on that show. I did the you whole did first work, yeah. On, I did the first season. And um, well, most of the first season, and then I left that show to do Green Lantern. And but they shot that at the CAC, right? Some of it. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, we shot all over with that too. But yeah, um, every day going, and you see these amazing musicians that coming from New Orleans, like you, I like I understood like what all of this meant, like sure. every single thing that they're talking about. Every accent, every infliction on a word, like I, I felt it. But I kind of knew that, like everybody else, you know, if you live in Kentucky or not banging on Kentucky or nothing, but sure. you might not get what that means, you know, like yeah. what needle and thread means. Yeah, right. And I heard him yeah. use that. It was like nobody worrying about needle and thread right now. Like, just had a hurricane. I remember that line vividly because. 
Is it something that I know? I, I know exactly what that means. Nobody's sewing the soup right now because we right. dealing with other. Totally. But if you, I, I don't know. I maybe somebody from Kentucky would understand what that means. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just. Dude, it was it just wasn't such a that good time at that time, though. But it was it was just such a connection for everything that I knew up until Katrina, and yeah. then to come back and work on a show about immediately what's happening after Katrina, it kind of, I was like, right. yeah, I was right in tune to what was going on, like well, all of those situations. So even yeah. the music and how, and then my love for like the Mardi Gras Indians and like the, yeah. the different tribes and the different uh, musicians that just played straight up New Orleans music and like Dr. John and like yeah. getting to meet him and just work with him. And you know, it was just like, this show is awesome. I hope it take off. But of course, I mean, they they lasted what three seasons, three or four, four. seasons. It yeah, was four. Yeah, the fourth season that was, was an abbrevi- abbreviated thing that wound up uh, they had a good like run. a half half season. Yeah, um, but but you know that was getting back to my thing, which I, I you know I just wanted to make the point that I was like you know this is that was somewhat personal to me because I knew this person you right. know as an acquaintance, somebody yeah. who lived next door to me. You know, and and so like it's not you know it it makes me roll my eyes you know when I see it like another show that's like trying to the, in the in the first the the only way that we see New Orleans culture because it's set in New Orleans is the only way you see New Orleans culture is through the lens of the daughter because she's an artist but she's also you know a recovering heroin addict and and it's just kind of tiresome to me like it like I just don't want to see you know what I mean like I what it doesn't have to be the romance of the down and out in order to understand what the city is about or to convey that idea to the rest of America you know like like it can be it can be something more creative than that yeah I mean you were making this point that like <laughs> and that, that that's really what I was that that's you, what I was trying to that say you had kind of predicted or for lack of a better word that characters taken from Tremaine, some of the ones that were less authentic might become stereotypes for characters in future media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I felt like that's what happened. The thing you know, for me, it, man, in, in reading that thread was like, wow, I didn't realize that Tremaine was unassailable. <laughs> because to me, look, I'm glad Tremaine happened. Um, I'm glad all those people, everyone worked on that show. I'm glad musicians got paid. Mm-hmm. The music scenes were dope. Yep. All the live music scenes were dope. The studio recording stuff was dope. But man, that the exposition in that show sucked. You know? And it, it was awful. It was kind of bad writing. And they were trying so goddamn hard that it became inauthentic. You know? Because just for trying so fucking hard to get it right. And I was I hoping felt, that didn't happen because it didn't happen in Hawaii. They just kept going after it and then well, the story what? just got better and better. Well, Simon's better from Baltimore, man, which makes sense. Well, He's he from knew. Baltimore. He lived that life. That's what I'm... And if you look at the deuce now, man, if you look at the deuce on HBO, I cringe 10 times per deuce episode the way I cringe 10 times per Treme episode. Right. Like, they're just trying so fucking hard, man. Yeah, and they're swinging and missing. Well, and I and I think it's like gets back to what I I said this to you earlier that if you if you approach writing from a fetishistic standpoint rather than a humanistic standpoint, right? You're you're I think inevitably doomed to have this effect 
that happens because yeah. it just cr- it crawls out of the page into the characters and makes its way onto the screen you know and so and then you look at it and you're like why is it weird that way and so i made the, i was making this point that like if you had like uh, raging bull and do the right thing like those movies are good because they were made by people who lived and grew up in New York. Right. And they love New York City. And they wanted those characters to be authentic. And that's why they register as so authentic and real and why those movies are watched over and over and over again. Because the place... I thought The Wire had good characters. And too. I agree with that. I, because, I thought that would have happened. I, I don't know. I mean, we, we did have great characters. Don't get me wrong. On that show. But nothing really... You know, was some of those like, characters. Damn, were I gotta ins- watch this show just to see what he's doing. Next. Some of the, yeah. that's right. Some of those yeah. characters were insufferable. So like the the Amsterdam dude with the heroin problem who ends up getting saved by the Vietnamese girl. Yeah, insufferable man. The second he comes on the screen, there were a lot. There was a lot of that in Treme. Like half the characters were insufferable. I can tell you a fun time that I had was uh, that, um, and look. I just want to say that to, I want to affirm a lot of things that that I mean everything that Donald Harrison said on the thread was accurate and no, I don't right. I don't I dispute any anything that that he said um, and and nor do I impugn any of his efforts because I mean it sincerely when I say that we we showed that show at Lost Love Lounge um, and that was the first time we showed TV a TV show mm-hmm. on Sunday nights and it was a gigantic hit. Right. Standing room only. We had people in there sweating balls just to watch that show. That's right. Um, in the first season, because there was there was so much anticipation and so much hype, and uh, and you know it, it faded pretty quick. You know, uh, I I have to say, but but then like Davis Rogan would come in, and then we'd have these moments that were really weird, where like the real Davis is watching the fake Davis. And critic and the real Davis is like less concerned with the antics of the fake Davis and whatever they're making him do, which you might think would be the thing that offends Davis, but that's not what is offending Davis. What's offending Davis is that he wrote like eight lines for this episode, and they didn't make and like lines. and like two of them got altered in some way. Right, and he and I'm sitting next to him, and he's telling me exactly how that line got altered. In some totally different context, right. in the show, and another character that's not even his character, right? And he's like, he's like, they didn't include the whole line. It was so much better when it was like that, you know. And meanwhile, the Davis character is doing like twenty things that are just crazy, right? Right? He's got nothing to say about that. He's like, yeah, whatever, that's fine. Uh, you know, I thought that uh, that the, speaking of the writing, that the New York stuff that Anthony Bourdain wrote and all the kitchen stuff in addition to all the music, live music stuff was legit, yeah. you know? Like, that, those scenes were really, really good with uh, that actress, Kim, forgetting her last name, but who played the female chef. I thought, I thought that storyline was interesting. I thought she was a real humanistic character, like you're saying. Shout out to Tremaine, man. Y'all give it up for there yeah, we go. There we go. Me. All right, man. Shout, shout out. out to me. So look, look. I mean, we made. We got paid <laughs> ten. Fun. We got paid ten thousand dollars. My band did. Did you know? So. Yeah. I mean, I I benefited from it. I benefited from it at my business because people came to see the show. 
there. Yeah. We got ten grand, which is way more, and I appreciate that. I, I'm seriously because NCIS pays seven hundred fifty dollars for a song, so nobody's selling any music to NCIS. Yeah. You know, um, and they had a they had a flat rate of ten grand, and it didn't matter what context they used it in. It could be legible and heard and audible, or it could be just in the background where you can't even really hear sure. that it's in the mix. Whatever it was, it was ten yeah, grand. Yeah. Period. So, so, so there's some egg yolk uh, jubilee in there. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, it was like what, 15, 20 seconds or something, right? It was like kind of a. Yeah, it was like about 15 or 20 seconds. But there, it's some scene uh, in a bar, you know, and it's on the jukebox, actually. Yeah. And so that's it. That's how they we wound up in there. And, uh, and I know that other people, too, um, got a lot of benefit out of, like, uh, I mean, there were bands, like, we, we had the goal of being on, being on the show in the three ways that you could get paid, right? So you had, uh, you could be, you could get paid for your music being used as a, uh, like, like, we did, um, or you could get paid to perform live right. on the show itself, or you could, uh, if they wanted you to act and say a line, you know, or something like that, right, as right. a band member, you know. Sure. And each one of those rates was totally different, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. So, like, you so, got paid as the live band, as a, I don't know how they do that, like, as an extra kind of. You know, but a perform. There's a rate. There's SAG. is like all these different. There's a rate for that. Yeah. You know, right? You have yeah, a speaking exactly. line. You get paid a much more. Yeah. If you take a stunt bump or you fall down and you fall down some stairs and all of this, and you're actually doing it, then that's a different rate. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Everything's everything's tiered. Everything is you different. Know? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. All that's negotiable right. too. That's all right. negotiable. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, hot sauce. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how this all happened. We were talking about hot sauce, and then we went into Tremaine. Because well, this is, a, like this is this all. Minutes. Well, you asked us about housekeeping, and then we had. Oh yeah, like, this yeah, is the housekeeping. housekeeping. Yeah. Yeah, so are we done house with housekeeping yet? Yeah, yeah we're done. <laughs> so look, man, I wanted to ask you, Rome, while we were sitting here talking about the Tremaine. I wanted to ask you, like, what what's for our listeners? Like, what's the scale of what you're doing? Because you you mentioned earlier that you do like a crop per week of the microgreens. Oh yeah. How as far that, as farming. Like, how? What's that? As far as farming. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So what I try to do is like throughout the week I'm working sixty hours, like I said, on uh, yeah. whatever TV show, whatever, and I try two hours before and two hours after those 12 to 14 hour days I try to still input time into whatever the farming venture is at the time so yeah whether it's watering all of the crops outside or whether it's um, if I have to wash trays before I have to go to work for microgreens and sterilize them before I before I leave right that way when I come home I can plant them that's right yeah then that's what I have to do so the balance is, is tough and then still like, you know, relying on uh on my wife to do most of the housekeeping. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> to put in real terms, you know. Sure. Like, yeah, that's the Because you don't have any more time. I mean that's yeah, the I'm hours done. Right there. But and but you know and that's teaching the we have two kids and it's teaching them how, you know, like you can earn 
How old are your kids? Uh, 15 and 13. Oh, those are cool ages. Nice. Yeah. So they're yeah. both teenagers. Oh, right. so they got to be helping a lot, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, well, when I can. When yeah. I can get them from. But I'd rather them, if they study and then study, that's fine. Like, I'll do all the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You gotta be legitimately. Studying. No, that makes sense. Right, like, right. You can't right. be faking like you're studying. You're, you're you, studying and you're working at them. Yeah. Fun. So, but they they pretty straight up and you know, yeah. I try to teach them by letting them earn for doing different chores. You know? Sure. I pay and, you by the job. I don't pay you by the hour. So. And just to man, just to like really set a scene for like people who are like, if it, this is an urban farm, you're on Gentilly Boulevard. Yeah, right? I'm in the neighborhood. I have neighbors like five feet away yeah you know, so yeah. I have my chickens they wake up you know I have four hens yeah and they wake up soon as the day cracks like soon as a little bit of light is peeking out they, they're up and at them and they, they're making noise for bugs and they're making noise so yeah. my neighbors are they right they have to hear it I'm sure I'm like yeah. y'all have to hear that cause we wake up and I'm like oh my gosh they super loud yeah you know but right your neighbors they are cool. Never complain, you know. Nice. And but yeah, it's a deal. And and we're working on getting more egg layers because those are our egg layers. And we wanna we wanna have a because that's the main thing people ask me for. So you have eggs? Is that right? Yeah. It's like so, y'all have eggs or what? And it's like yeah, well I have eggs, but it's not enough to sell any to you because I only have this amount of chickens right now. So so your goal is like you said at the very top of this. You just want that fridge and freezer full of food. Oh, yeah. Well, you don't have to worry just, not about only food. for me, yeah, but and then be able to have a ample supply of who I want it. Yeah. You want it, I want to be able to supply it. So whether that's a grass-fed chicken or grass-fed cow or forest-raised pork um, or uh, grass-fed or pastured turkey. Those are the things I'm into. Forest-raised pork. What's a forest-raised pork? Those are those are pigs that are put in a forest at atmosphere where they're able to root and dig for nuts and like walnuts in a forest the oh, okay. atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. So they're in the woods, and you pretty much set up a perimeter of uh, electric fence that's portable, and that's the whole key to being able to be. A profitable farm oh, nowadays yeah. is to be able to be portable. Everything has to be able to oh, move. Right. So you move constantly. You move constantly right. because that's the nature of the animals, you know. And like right. cows. So you can move your fence every single day. Oh, well, you can probably control you it with like a knife on that. You can, too. you can control every, you can control. And once you train them to electric fence, yeah. then once you get them out in the forest, then is they see that wire and they, and they know, know they know so they not to go that way, so you never have to worry about yeah, them. Yeah, right. Right. I right. wouldn't say never, but you know, it's a little different with goats. Um there's a farmer in uh Bugalusa that I know Grant and he has goats and he does forest raised pigs and he has cows, um and chicken as well, egg layers and all of that stuff. But they do get tend to get out and the goats more than the pigs. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, because the goats are just super anxious and they like, they love, they're just hyperactive. They need something to do at all times. I see. It's, it's like chickens, but on a massive level. Huh, interesting. Yeah, because they like, they got to constantly graze everything and they eat all of the undesirables. So anything that's undesirable that you want to get rid of, put it's like you spill your compost yeah, out yeah. there. Yeah. Right? Well, I wouldn't say compost. I, I, I would say undesirable, <laughs> undesirable growth like uh, weeds or. I see. Brush, 
or like thorns yeah, and yeah, all yeah. of that stuff. Like, Holy cow. oh, they eat all of that. Yeah, goat, goats are super useful, right? Yeah, they they illegal in some countries because they because they, they eat, so eat much. everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like they eat everything. They destroy everything. Like they will destroy everything. Yeah, get them. You know, can't have goats. So. But you know, and uh, he has a system, uh, Grant. Um, in Bugalusa, he has a system that's built up around, you know, one grazing after the other. And, like, right. it's this figure-eight farming thing that he grazes, you know, giving his pasture time to rest. I see. And recover. Mm-hmm. And restore itself. And then feed that again after a certain amount of time. So that's, the, that's my ultimate goal, to be able to get into something like that. But... Um, yeah, mainly in my suburban setting, I'm doing small, like root veg, carrots, beets, um, maybe kale, some Swiss chard. Besides the peppers and okra in the summer, like during the spring and fall, I'm doing, you know, lettuce and arugula. And yeah. Trying out some different things, tad soys and pop choys and different stuff like that. But hardy greens mostly that only take maybe 50 days 60 days to grow not right. nothing that i'm not growing corn you ever you never sure. see me growing corn or like potatoes or onions right you were uh-huh. saying like yeah, the right. microgreens a crop once a week like how yeah long that's that, seven, that's that seven days like? seven, seven days, days. that's yeah. crazy so you it, it takes three days to germ and four, four more days you have a fully ready ready to eat yeah harvest you know it's great man so so, do you want that that your dream job to be your job job, like eventually? Eventually, yeah. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I want the complete balance. Like, if I if I couldn't, then eventually have to pick one of those over the other. Then, yeah, of course, I'm gonna yeah. go with the farming because I'd have more control at that time. But my, I, I just wanna, I wanna farm six months out of the year, and I wanna shoot, I wanna work on movies. I yeah. wanna actually shoot movies. I wanna, yeah. You know, I want to DP movies right. six yeah. months out of the other year. Yeah. And whether how however those six months, six and six work out, I just want it to be a, like a balance. Sure. And that way I have, you know, and there's a restaurant for my son I wanted to, I want to start that's uh, a farm to table on the farm that's where you can look out the windows and see the animals. And, yeah. Or if you're not a meat eater, you can sit in a vegetarian section where there's a garden view. Out of right. the windows, and it's like you uh-huh. see the you see the food that just, that's actually arriving on your plate. Yeah. So I'm working on that, and yeah, that's part of the dream as well. But oh, there's ma- many cool. facets of the enterprise. That's right. Yeah, that's why. I, you know, it ended up I ended up calling it that, but um, it actually held up because it it is many facets. It's the microgreens. I have the grass fed chicken, then I have the just regular root veg and small um, leaf crops and um, turkey. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I have turkeys right now. And it's but like, th- and that part of your operation is on the road to Thibodeau, right? Where yeah, the turkeys a, are a, and everything. Yeah, that's uh, that's almonds, which is um, maybe 30, 30, 40 minutes from New Orleans, so mm-hmm. depending on traffic. But it's, it's usually never really a, a big deal to get there. You know? Yeah. And, it's close enough to be able to have a, a operation to where and and how that works. I fit that in on the weekends and so Saturdays and Sundays. I go to Des Almonds to do the evening chores. So it's maybe four or five hours 
per day on those two days that I invest. So it's maybe like an eight-hour day per weekend. Right, right. To invest, to go over there, to like check everything, do a little bit of maintenance. Like if there's stuff that needs to be fixed or touched exactly. up or tightened right. up. Right, Figuring out other things, you know, like where we're going to move them next or which direction we're going to take, how many days we have left before slaughter should we start <laughs> moving them back towards where we're going to slaughter you know it's like just logistics and so yeah um and when i'm doing that and working on the show man it's really really tough especially with microgreens as well because it's a it's a constant uh you know get upkeep and you right, gotta stay right. on top of everything and it's, yeah. it's, you know it's challenging but i guess that's what i like about it you know so yeah, I'm doing uh, doing a little bit of both. And cool. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> trying to take the next level. You know, the next step for me is is acquiring maybe a little bit of land to uh, to be able to do several of these operations on. You know. Right. Right. Um, maybe maybe something under the enterprise umbrella. That. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Maybe something closer. Yeah, I'm thinking, well, not necessarily, nah. I don't think uh, I'd be able to afford anything closer. I, I, I couldn't afford to buy or even rent or lease any land that close. Right, right. I wonder if there might be, like, grants or subsidies or tax credits for what you're doing. There is. Um, with the NRCS and stuff like that, the USDA, they have, hmm. yeah. you know, qualifications. <laughs> And of course, there's a bunch of loopholes and hoops of fire as to anything else, which is worth it once you can, you know, and, and most of these, uh, I guess the main thing they want you to do is go certified organic, Okay. which you can't have any chemicals or anything sprayed on your property for what I think is like two years or something before applying. And then they have to monitor it for two years before you can even get the certification, which only means that, uh, you know. That's that's a whole nother wormhole. Yeah. That whole you know labeling of organic yeah. farm uh, sure. pasture raised, right? Uh, cage free and all these different terms that that's used for marketing, right? What's actually in the bird or what's actually in the product or how is that how's that product actually raised, right? Um, it's the real it's the real test. And all our birds, like I said, they then. Chicken tractors that they have more than two feet per two square feet per bird, which all you need is like one one and a half per bird that size. And so they're very comfortable. They eat that fresh grass every day, and they eat non soy, non GMO feed, free yeah. feed, free feed. <laughs> but is this some? Is this and, and you can tell when that product is done. Like it's, it's like yeah, it's a lot of hard work and maintenance, but. Man, when you when you taste it and you try, you like ah, see, like right. Why it's like is more that? Of an, that's why it's, it's like more of a yeah. narrative. Yeah, and why it's important to, to know not only how it's raised, but why it's raised that way. You know what I mean? Right. It has benefits. Of the 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 chickens eating bugs, not being in the chicken house with a fan and the thing, and calling it free range and. Yeah, they all running around, but it's a million of them all on top of each other. And there's fecal matter just flying around all in the air because they're pooping everywhere. And it's just dust just blowing because of the fans. And it just end up in their water and it end up in their feed. And they eating feces. And it's like, 
it's a little bit <clears throat> sure different method of, of raising chicken and that's sure. what we get in the grocery store every day so I mean and at the end of the day I'm alright because um, I'm alright with not having that grocery store customer I have a different customer yeah my customer is different they're willing to you know spend a little bit more per pound on a chicken where they know you know where it, what it ate and how it yeah. lived and uh uh-huh. And it, yeah, it and it tastes better. And it tastes better. I pay that extra. Right. Well, it's not it's not carcinogenics here. Yeah. No antibiotic. No, I mean no no nothing. There's yeah. No medicated feed. Anything. It's right. Like just been straight. And when we eviscerate these chickens, and you look at the gallbladder, it's like full of grass. Yeah. It's like uh-huh. it's packed with grass. Like they. Wow. Uh, not the gallbladder. The um, the gizzard. Yeah. Which is their which is their teeth. Yeah. Which grinds up their food. So it's full of grass, man. You're like, man, this can't be it's gotta be good. and then you you eat that chicken to the bone and like the bone has so much flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh okay, uh-huh. all right, I get it. So yeah. yeah, so I mean but slowly working I'm not looking to be in the grocery stores. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I'm not looking to really I, for families if, if Anything like families and people I know. That's that's really why I'm doing this. Besides having my own, like I said, self sustainability of a year worth of food in my freezer at all times. Uh-huh. Besides that, like every everything else, all the lame yap is for everybody else around me. So right. That's I just want to do that six months a year. And, you know, shoot a movie or two, sure. action flick, maybe a comedy. You know, romantic. Comedy, you know, those are the best. And where can people I, find you guys? Are you on Facebook or uh, your website? Uh, Instagram, um, I'm Lake Tilly Acres. Uh, and that's L A K E T I L L Y A C R E S, Lake Tilly Acres. Or Rome Enterprise. Um, that's my Instagram handles. My partner in crime on the Chicken Adventures. Uh, Ron Gidry, his uh, Instagram name is Old Mac Ronald, <laughs> which is very appropriate because <laughs> he has a ton of. I mean, he's. I mean, at this moment, there's pigs, there's coon coon pigs. We we have one cow that we actually we plan to harvest. He uh, he's a steer, which is, so he can't mate. So we bought him to half our freezer and um so we're raising that right now there's some uh black belly sheep there's a couple goats uh, we have turkeys two two varieties of turkeys and there's like you know 40 chickens different species of chickens guineas um and uh llamas he has llamas yeah <laughs> <laughs> oddly enough yeah he has, he has llamas um which are cool because they help protect the every the, the back fence of the property. So anything in that area, that's their territory, which is the furthest place away from the huh. the home spot. Right. right. So you, you rarely see them, but you'll see them hanging out every now and again. It's cool. You know? uh-huh. uh, nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, any one of those Instagram accounts? Uh, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I'm trying to find that Instagram account for Old MacRonald. Yeah, oh, I think it's O O L E underscore. Oh, I gotcha. 
M A. I don't know if it's M A C O M A C K. What, and what's his name again? Ronald. His name is Ron. Ron okay, Gidney. gotcha. Yeah. Right. But um. So yeah, um, he was. You know, he reached out to me and uh, through Instagram actually, and was mm. like, "Man, I see you doing microgreens and like all this farming." I, I just acquired this property. It was my uncle's. You know, it's five acres. I want to do some things, and like, and now it's just like a, you know, it's not booming, but he has enough animals and and uh, ecosystem to to have. You know, like he can re, he's rebuilding his soil and like do all these different animals just roaming around grazing and pooping and scratching. Mm. Nice. So all the soil is coming back like tremendous, and he wants to do veg. Eventually, you know, it's a, you know he, the world is open to him. He's right. Gonna, he's yeah. Got, he's got enough space to stretch out. Me, on the other hand, I'm right in Gentilly. I'm right like I got neighbors. Right. Yeah. And I'm still trying to do like you know twenty egg layers. And, right. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. And keep microgreens outside instead of inside. And, maybe doing 50 trades a week instead of 20 you know so I'm trying to scale up as well getting right into that happy medium where I can supply really how I want to supply right right yeah. what restaurants are you currently like sending out microgreens to um Mimi's is uh primarily like the a large percentage of my business and I'm happy with that like having one one place I can go to right right sure totally 50 places that's buying two small things I got one place buying you know 10 large things so um Mimi's and Amerini they uh they have great tapas man Yes. Oh, this is yeah. all, this is honor to be be able to. I love going there and getting like the mystery tapas or whatever. Oh yeah, whatever so they call trust it. Me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the trust me. Trust yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, it's dope. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, you just tell them you what you don't like. You're like I'm allergic to this, so I don't eat that. Right, right. All right, yeah. cool. We got you. And the they chef, just set you up. We'll, we'll make you something amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's a go. It's a must go to. You have to experience that. Yeah. No, really. So for sure. A, yeah, so it's an honor to be able to. You know, have my name featured on the menu as a local farm that's supplying, yeah, you know, uh, produce. Nice. So. Our friend Sue's opening up a restaurant in the neighborhood. Um, is that name? <coughs> that's right. Yeah, that's somebody that uh, you might want to talk to. Uh, she's there was a that place in what was it called Rue One Two Seven or something like that. Oh, yeah. You, you remember that? Yeah, yeah. That closed down, and so Sue is a uh, Frank Beard award-winning chef yeah who um was opening up a new place right That's there awesome. in yeah, tell yeah. Her, I, I, yeah. hey i got fresh microgreens weekly every single week is, yes is, you guys <laughs> and it's like six or seven different crops and you guys would hit it all yeah. plus you might know her husband because he works in the film industry right doesn't he jordan yeah jordan mm-hmm. yeah yeah, so she's matter of fact, I do, and he has mentioned that that his wife uh, was, a, you know what, and he's the second Lion King. That's exactly. right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's the yeah. white boy got sold. <laughs> That's dude, right. That's exactly right. If you on Facebook, if y'all listening right now, go to Facebook, look up <laughs> white boy got sold. That's and right. You'll see this dude second lining in the streets of New Orleans, holding a can of Bush beer. Oh no, it's a Heineken. Uh-huh. He's holding a yeah, Heineken yeah. and uh-huh. he's dancing with some shell to Adidas on. It would. 
blow your mind like yeah. how much rhythm this dude have. Nah, he's good. Yeah, man. he's yeah. good. Nah, but yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> 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 That's my dude. We worked. Yeah, we worked together. We just we just did the purge together. We did the the TV series, The Purge. Yeah, you should definitely rap oh, with. Cool. Uh, you should definitely rap with him about Sue's gig, man. Cause yeah, I, I always like, mention Top Chef that. Masters, like yeah. James Beard Award winner, like the yeah, one yeah. She need she need these micros. Oh, totally. She she's does. In, she's <laughs> yeah, totally. She she's needs into it. it. <laughs> I'm all about it. I'm in it. Whoever listening, if y'all know somebody, you know. For like cocktails too, man. Like, yeah, I could see some micro. Well, you know what? I thought about it in like one of those bloody mirrors that you see, like a barbecue rib and like a yeah, like a, a slider burger, it's okra, bl- yeah, yeah, tomato, blah blah blah, and then yeah. right at the bottom, just like a little bunch of microgreens, maybe some spicy ones, maybe totally. like a radish. Or oh man, yeah, God, or something. that sounds great. Oh, it's like great, in a bloody man. mary, like they need that. Like yeah, man, this world been missing this. But Jeff, yeah. you guys used to do the ostrich eggs at your place, man. Uh, the quail eggs. Oh, the quail. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had you yeah. get you get a quail egg. I don't know why I said ostrich. pickle. <laughs> yeah, pickle quail oh, eggs. Yeah, that shit was good. Exactly. It was bacon, right? Yeah, yeah. We did the bacon too. So it was basically yeah. a breakfast. Bloody Mary. Yeah, yeah. So it had okra, olive, you know, bacon. Quail egg Quail and egg. Bloody Mary. That yep. sounds uh, extravagant. Shit's, <laughs> shit's yeah, yeah, A little was. bit, uh, I don't know, above what I would, I don't know if I'd do the quail egg. <laughs> a lot of, yeah, a lot of people didn't want it. That, that was, that was the make really? or break it point. Yeah, a lot of people didn't want it. Hey, like, look, we got the quail leg. If you want the quail leg, but you got to be about the quail leg. If you want the quail leg, you got to get the quail leg. You got to get, get, get the quail leg. Got to get the quail leg. That's like the best six dollars I ever spent. <laughs> they get, they get, they would get quail. Well, hold on. So you do know, you? But do do you actually eat the egg? Yes. Yeah, oh yeah. As you're yeah. drinking it, yeah. or after, or what? Or yeah, like the olive, like you eat it at some point. At you some just, point, yeah, yeah, At yeah, some yeah. point, deal. You got to deal with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to deal. You got to fish it out of there and eat it. On, on a Sunday, like watching the Saints game. For me, I would eat the quail egg in the first third of the drink uh, yeah. it's a yeah. technique to it yeah, yeah, yeah. you gotta know when technique. to go at the you don't bite so you don't just fucking eat the quail egg off the bat just you don't take bites. a big bite and then take a swig of the bloody mary you I think wait a little bit it just depends on who it is you know like whatever person uh, however they like to do it i'm one of those know? dudes that like to like drink something right after i eat a bite of food you know so i'll eat like a bit of the bacon a bit of the quail, and then Drinks of the Bloody Mary. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. so you started off with the bacon and quail egg. You you like to, you know what? I'm gonna tell you something about a Bloody Mary. I don't like them because I don't like tomato juice. Right. Uh huh. So I can't yeah. do. I it made me barf just thinking of drinking tomato juice. <laughs> <laughs> and then to mix it with like what is it vodka? What are y'all putting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vodka. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm like nope. That's a guaranteed barf. And then the first thing in the morning, like that's the thing, you gotta have one in the morning when you're in New Orleans. I guess that's a that's well, the thing. You get a Bloody top. Mary, yeah, the first thing. Because it has like, the vitamin C or whatever. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know what I'm missing, but I don't. I don't think I'm. I'm. I'm yeah. never gonna be bold enough to. You well, know, if you not, I just drink a smoothie, I go to. <laughs> Yeah, you're not, if you're, you're, not, not into you're not missing much, man. If you're not into tomato juice, yeah, you're never gonna uh, like it. Dude, the worst, the worst for you is what bartenders would do. Not in the morning, but when they show up for their late night shift or their five o'clock shift or nine o'clock, whatever it is, they'd have the tomato juice and beer. Oh, the uh, you know, oh yeah, it's yeah. like a Mexican thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, I yeah, that what it's called. Michelada. Michelada. Just to get started, that shit yeah. man, makes me want to puke. Dude, have you ever heard of a Juarez? I don't know. Juarez is a Miller High Life, 
with hot sauce. Oh, I can dig that. I'm all right with that. <laughs> and you flip it upside down like you put some hot sauce in there. Maybe some Lake Tilly hot sauce. Yeah, exactly. Now, I, I might try that. If if I put my hot See, sauce think, in the in that in the hot, Miller High Life, which I love Miller High Life, that's that's some good classic yeah, champagne, sure. right? That's the champagne of champagnes, right? <laughs> but it's gotta be. But if you had Lake Tilly Acres hot sauce, See, it might put think, the Bloody Mary out of sitting, business. I think he's sitting on top of a gold mine. I am. I, it's the corner. I always say it's the corner office in Benson Tower. But I think that I think that that's me. It's the hot, hot sauce <laughs> enterprise. The hot sauce is where it's at. Benson it. Tower, thirteenth you know? floor, corner office. And what do you call the Lake hot Tilly? Sauce what do you call the hot sauce? I just call it the Lake Tilly, uh, Tilly. Lake Tilly yeah. hot sauce, yeah. or you know, enterprise. Uh, some people because the label had a big EP on it for enterprise produce, right? Which is the, on the it's Enterprise Produce and Lake Tilly Acres is the same. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The farm is named Lake Tilly Acres, but Enterprise Produce is the actual yeah, company. Business. Right, right. Yeah, business, right. the LLC, whatever. So, um, EP Sauce or? EP Presents. EP no, Lake Tilly. LT. Lake, 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 Lake Tilly. Lake Tilly. Lake Tilly. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Right? Yeah. Because you know exactly, like, if you're from New Orleans, you know exactly what I mean when I say yeah. Lake Tilly. Yeah. Oh, where you from? Lake Tilly. I never heard it called that. It's like, yeah, but you know what I'm talking about. That's right. right. It's like, yeah. yeah. Man, if you get like a really good label. <laughs> I know. And you just get, get like the taco place up here. And then I'm just starting Jim Tilly. They need to you be. You know what I mean? They and need every to time a, somebody pulls it out, they're, they're going to be like, what is that? And it's the Lake Tilly. Because I'm telling you, it's excellent it, hot sauce. It needs to be on every so single good. table. Instead I, of I Tabasco, agree. instead of, you know. Yeah, why Tabasco's on every table, man? I don't know. Y'all stop dissing on Tabasco. I'm not going to stop dissing on them, but, well, I, I am going to stop dissing. I don't mean to diss on them, but <laughs> my thing is, yeah, the, this Lake Tilly hot sauce, it has a little bit more flavor. It's a little bit more agreeable. Right. A little you bit know, more agreeable. It's a little bit more agreeable. Like, you you can, you can, you you'll take a little bit of tanginess with all of the flavor that's packed. It probably has several notes. Tabasco has one note. Yeah, Tabasco is just burn your damn tongue as soon as you fucking eat it. It's like, boom, just burn. I I I have to be like... I respectfully disagree. I want a a beginning, a middle, and end. I I respectfully disagree. I want three acts. I like the flavor. It's a three-act hot sauce. No, no, I agree. It is a three-act hot sauce, and I think that Tabasco is a two-act hot sauce. No, it's a one. No, I'm going to say two. I like Tabasco because of the flavor. People always say, what are you talking about? I like the flavor of it. So that's it's what it is. It's spicy, man. It's like, I know. Yeah. That's why I like it. I mean, I need to have that. I need the kick. I need it. I need to feel it. You yeah, know, but yeah. but I, I loved your hot sauce. Yeah, yeah. And I ate, and immediately, I just, the bottle was gone. And like, it was the only hot sauce I used once I had that bottle until it was gone. Yeah. It's so, like that, yeah. That's why you got to buy like three, like whenever I get a few cases made. Yeah. It's like, dude, I gotta get three of them because I ran yeah. out of that. Yeah, well, I can't do one out. bottle. Yeah. yeah, like one bottle, like I'd be pissed, and like yeah. I add water to the bottle just to make, yeah, a little extra. You know and what you should do, man? Uh-huh. Is um, because I read this. I didn't read this article, but I saw this. The way I read the news is just the headlines. You know, I don't actually click on, but apparently, like Heineken and Constellation brands are having this like. They're trying to be the first to do marijuana, like... Oh, the beer. Yeah. Oh, marijuana well, yeah, beer. marijuana beer. Uh, marijuana hot sauce, bro. Whoa. Well, well we know somebody. To have that version. We can make this happen. Yeah. We have the connection. With what? 
I'd be the legal really weed. Right. Our guy. Wait. In Oregon. In Oregon. In Washington. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah in yeah, Washington. Yeah. <laughs> the thing about it, man, I don't. I, totally. Uh, that's kind of dangerous, man. It'd be like another opioid epidemic. I don't think so. I mean, With hot sauce. <laughs> it's <laughs> no, so good, man. It's like. It would be so OD good. On, you finally, somebody will that OD is on weed. true. But because oh of my how good this hot sauce is. Hot hot sauce it's like, I know it got I, a lot of weed in it, but I'm going to use I've it. I've done anyway. way too much taste. On this taco. This slice of pizza. This slice of pizza, I don't give a shit, dude. I'm going like full bore. I know I'm going to be fucked up. And so. I still have half a plate of ash brands. Yeah. Like, even yeah. though I'm stoned as fuck. Yeah. Now I want to eat more ash brands. And get more stoned, more hot sauce. No, it's another opioid addiction. Uh, no, that's right. That's a bad idea. Yeah, that's a bad idea. Don't do it. I mean, maybe idea. I may think of that down the line. Like once, you know. Maybe just attach a little vape to the what? sauce. <laughs> no, what? maybe just be a, a special batch every now and again. You know, yeah. special batch. You know, it's, you know <laughs> for a Thanksgiving, batch. Thanksgiving batch. The four twenty yeah. batch. Right. Only the on four twenty. Four twenty and Thanksgiving. Four twenty and Thanksgiving. That's the only time you can get this batch of hot sauce. Trust me, you only like it's one bottle per person. You only can get one. It's a limit. And look, the great thing is that if you like, you don't get along with your relatives, and you 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 just don't yeah. like going to Thanksgiving. Don't even you bring tell them. this, and you and they're like, oh, what's it a hot sauce? Can you put it on? That's right. And you just get high, and then you're exactly. like, done there. Nothing matters. You watch him get high and act and laugh. And laugh, right? Yeah, exactly. Twice a year thing, like a twice a year thing. It's like you only can do it twice a year. That's right, twice a year. Yes, the rest of the year you just do like a CBD version. We're gonna talk about. We get with my, um, we get with my my people. I have my people discuss. These matters, these topics, these are all great ideas. I'm gonna cut you guys in there. All, all right, good, know, good, maybe good. a couple percent. Yeah, yeah. Just one, a little one, 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 two percent of you. Yeah, 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 yeah I make fine. sure y'all get something. That's where the podcast can continue. If you if you're on the top floor of Benson Tower over there, one or two percent is oh, yeah. worth a lot. Everything look, and I get y'all some Saint season tickets. Everything <laughs> recorded on uh, it's a good life babe dot com. Jeff Joel's uh, podcast is trademark. Just by the nice. it's, just, it's trademark. All right, there you go. There you go. All right, uh, I, we're running. We're at a buck twenty right now. So uh, what? I didn't even get to talk one. about. Um, oh man, so much to talk about. We can do another episode if you want. Yeah, no, no. I'm just joking. We're, just, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna have you on again. It's not gonna be a year this time. We're gonna no, have man, you I need on to again. Be on more quick. Often. Yeah. yeah exactly. Next time I bring Ron, I'm gonna bring Ron three. Uh, you know, so maybe you can get more of a feel of like his day to day. dealing with all of those animals. Because, like I said, it's a cow and goats and sheep yeah. and llamas and feeding all of these animals. And you know, he's. He's been uh, he's been working with the Second Harvest Food Bank. Uh, oh, really? At the same time, yeah. So like all of the outdated squash and corn and all of that stuff, he'll go and pick it up, and he feed all of that to nice the free range animals, cool. So cool. pigs and yeah, yeah. we'd love yeah. to have him come on. Plus, man, our uh, millennial producer Spencer is going to be really oh, yeah. upset. That you came on and he wasn't Man, I see here. Spencer all the time uh, uh, at Pals. He, we, yeah. we hang out all the time at Pals, and the one time I get on the show well, in the a year, he's not here. He's he's not here. Not the here. funny thing is, yeah. we call him our producer, but he's only ever made one guest suggestion, <laughs> and he's made it about a dozen times. Yeah, and who and was it? You. <laughs> he's like, you got, I mean, he, and he, he forgets that he's suggested it, and he forgets that yeah, you're, you guys are friends or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, do you guys know this guy, Rome? 
I talked to him last night at Powell. Yeah, we always sit over there at Powell, and it's like, dude, I got to come on the show. He's like, yeah, man, I'm going to make it happen. Like, I'm going to mention it to Joe. Exactly. And the night I show up, he's not here. Exactly. Spencer. He's going to be so disappointed. He did. Spencer. <laughs> oh, Spence. I miss you, buddy. Oh, that's great. Oh, right. So that's great, folks. Uh, did we even say the episode at the beginning of this? Thing? Y'all didn't say nothing. Y'all didn't do any housekeeping. Five? I think it's one thirty-five. All right, folks. We yeah, I know we didn't do that housekeeping. I know, and we've been going on for for uh, an hour and twenty hours, minutes yeah. now. But uh, folks, it's a goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. Ago Jubilee has some shows coming up. Uh, check the calendar. Ago Jubilee.com. You can yeah. visit, us, visit us visit us on Facebook. Uh, etc etc we're working on the new record I'm playing in another band called the Green Demons we're working on that record as well the stuff's sounding good I'm cutting some video for the Jazz Fest right now and uh, I'm very close to getting the building permit I think from the city of Baton Rouge to open the music club the branch in Baton Rouge so that'll be coming soon that's what I got on my plate Joel how you doing with your JDV booking JDV booking you know plug along go check out the website call me (laughs) <laughs> you need to book some music. That's all right. Um, I'm doing some other stuff, too. Call me for your uh, stage, sound, and lighting needs for a special event. I'm doing that as well. And I've got a couple other side hustles. I've got like four side hustles I'm working nice. on right now. Good. Maybe in a future episode, I'll break those down. Excellent. And also good. getting a little, about to get back into some civic stuff, too. Okay. And we got we to gotta guess, about the past couple of weeks, we've been, we threw it down on Wednesday. We're still a little bit trying to work out our schedule, folks. Uh, we wanted to do things on Sunday. We got a guest scheduled for this Sunday coming up uh, so that we could drop the podcast on Mondays. Obviously, with Saints games going on, uh, it, it can throw a monkey wrench into things sometimes. Yeah. But uh, so that's it is what it is. It's a good life, babe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. We'll catch you next time. Yeah, you're right. Yeah.